How great is our kids' ministry team? Man, we just love them. Well done, guys, for putting that all together. Merry Christmas, everyone. And it's so nice uh, to see you all. And welcome to this Christmas Eve service from myself, Craig, to all of you here in person, and to everyone uh, joining us from uh, really all over the world and our country uh, as we celebrate Jesus. And I trust that uh, even in this crazy time and what has been a very difficult and uh, uh, challenging December, you are finding some time to enjoy your family and more importantly, to enjoy Jesus. I must just say it is really good to be with you this Sunday night, this Sunday night, uh, this night, uh, and to enjoy this Christmas Eve service together. So I'm going to pray for us. Jesus, I'm so thankful that we get to worship you. Thank you for the opportunity that we have together as our families and, and to just think on you on this incredible, meaningful night for us. And won't you speak to us from your word? Amen. Every December here at Riverside, we take a time to reflect on Jesus and the birth of Jesus. It is a big deal for us. And what we've been doing over December is deep diving what is known as the incarnation, uh, God taking on flesh, becoming a man, and making his dwelling among us. And just to bring you quickly up to speed in some of the things that we covered, in our first week, we spoke about how one of the reasons Jesus came uh, and God became man was so that he could identify with us. And one of the incredible benefits and joys for us knowing that Jesus was born to us is we have someone who identifies with us in every single way. For me, it is this incredible joy to be able to pray. And no matter what I pray about, Jesus experienced it. When we read in God's word, we know that Jesus was tempted in every single way. And so I have someone who identifies with me when I pray and engage with him. Just this absolute incredible truth. And the second week we spoke about how there is nothing mythical about what we celebrate. You know, the Christmas movies talk about miracles, but the overwhelming evidence is this is true. This event happened. Uh, God became man, took on flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. And we get to revel in the joy of this real event. And then last week, one of the things we spoke about is how when uh, Jesus took on flesh and became man, he revealed the Father to us. And one of the things that we have in the life of Jesus is we get to see what the nature and the character of the Father is like. And what we see is this overwhelming, unconditional love for us. And so that brings us uh, to tonight. And, and, and the final kind of part of the series. Now, as we get started on this, uh, just show of hands. You know, it's a big part of our culture, but who likes superheroes? I can see there's a Captain America fan at the back there. Uh, Iron Man fans? Are, are there any DC fans like Batman? Yeah, very few hands. But I'm far more of a, a few up there. I'm, I'm far more of a, a Marvel guy myself. The movies were okay. But I must just tell you, you know, we, we're, obs I don't want to say we're obsessed, but man, we love a good superhero story, right? That's why they just keep coming out. We love this idea that this person from like humble origins, humble beginnings, 
ends up somehow having these incredible powers or this incredible story and ends up saving everyone. I just want to test some knowledge here. There is an anniversary this year, 20-year anniversary of uh, a, a bit of a movie uh, series. Anybody know what that is? Because for me, that uh, supersedes Marvel. Lord of the Rings, 20 years ago, December, believe it or not, uh, I went to go watch on the big screen. It was actually Christmas Eve, 20 years ago, to watch the very first Lord of the Rings movie, The Fellowship of the Ring, where we were just taken into Middle Earth and uh, the incredible characters of Tolkien's work came to life. And there is a character in there for me, which just uh, one of the best cinematic uh, moments and origin stories, which was the Ranger Strada, who ends up being uh, Aragon, uh, the true king of men. And you see him kind of this like scraggly dark figure when we first comes onto screen to the moment. And if you know the movies, look, it's been 20 years. So if you haven't seen it, I'm not spoiling anything. To where he uh, leads the forces of good and charges against uh, the whole forces of evil as he moves from this kind of obscure background figure out in the wilderness to accepting the mantle of true king. And I just love that. And we love these origin stories. We love uh, how that all works. And we all have our favorite characters. And this is what I love so much about Christmas. Okay, look, it's not a perfect story because, uh, or a perfect analogy, because Jesus doesn't have an origin story, right? He's the eternal son of God. But what we celebrate today and tomorrow is the origin of salvation history. Here is the moment when God takes on flesh, becomes a man, enters into our reality and starts the journey towards the cross, our salvation. This humble beginning, this starting point that our kids ministry showed for us. You know, this uh, baby born in a manger around animals, this obscure story, such humble beginnings, but that's only the beginning. That marks the start of the story which goes on to have such significance, eternal significance. And that origin, that starts for us what we celebrate today, tomorrow. So if you have a Bible in some shape or form, turn with me to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18 to 21. Right, We know the story well. Most people have an idea about the nativity scene. You might have been in the plays or narrated plays or somehow seen them. We know the story well, but some things sometimes get glossed over. So let's read Matthew 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. 
Right, we know the ingredients to the story so well. If you had to ask someone about the nativity scene, they'll tell you about the wise men and the angel and the shepherds and the manger and all of those kinds of things. But this detail that gets glossed over so much is there in verse 21. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So I was given the name Craig. Now Craig happened to be a, a popular name until about 37 years ago. And I say that because I only know Craig's older than me and I don't know a single Craig younger than me. You know, I actually think I'm the youngest Craig in this church and there are a number of us. Seem to be a very popular name. Uh, you know what it means? No, it's a, it is an amazing name, Craig. So Scottish, uh, Scottish name uh, coming from the word crag, uh, a crack in the rock uh, where it symbolizes a safe place to hide. Hey, such a lack of name. But you know, we do that, right? We, we like thinking about what we're going to call our children uh, to give them nice symbolic names, names with meaning. And so Jesus just actually happened to be a popular name around first century Judaism, Kind of coming from the, uh, the Greek word, Jesus is like anglicized from the Greek word, Jesus uh, coming from Yeshua, aka meaning Joshua, very popular name. And do you know what it means? Literally means Yahweh saves or Yahweh is our salvation. God is our salvation. And one of the things that Jewish families would do is they would give their children that name because it, it inspired hope that God would somehow still remember and save his people. At the time, and you might remember from the video, God's people were under oppression. They had been conquered by the Romans. They were not living the free life that they had been promised by God. It wasn't what they were expecting. They were living in oppression and were still hoping and trusting that the Messiah would come. And so when the name was given, that people were knowing the hope that came uh, with Jesus and God bringing his salvation, people still trusting and hoping that that freedom would come. And now Joshua, that name comes from a very important Old Testament figure. And if you uh, know the story, uh, God's people were in slavery in Egypt for a number of years, 400 years God, by the name of Moses, took them out of slavery to come into the land that God had promised them. But because of their sin, God stopped that and they had to spend uh, nearly 40 years out in the wilderness till that whole sinful generation had died out. Then a new generation under the leadership of Moses entered into the promised land. He took them, uh, God's people, with the law into what God had promised them as his people. Now the expectation there would have been that was supposed to be great. We're finally there. We're in the land that God has promised us. We're going to be God's people. We're going to be his nation. This is all going to be fantastic. Except it wasn't, right? What resulted was a lot of pain for God's people. It didn't work out how they wanted it to. In fact, what ended up happening 
was because of their sin, because of their disobedience, because of their failure to keep God's law, God raised up another nation that came into the promised land, defeated the Israelites, God's people, removed them back out of uh, their, their land that God had given them as an inheritance to all the way where it went back to where God called Abraham from, which was Babylon. You see, the problem was when they entered into the promised land, they took their sin with them. And so what we actually need as God's people is a truer and better Joshua. Someone who's going to take us into the promised land, into God's kingdom, but deal with the biggest problem that we have, which is our sin. Which is why we need Jesus. Which is why we need God to become a man, to step into our mess, to live the most perfect life and to die the death that should have been ours in our place for our sins so that we can have that dealt with. 1 Timothy 1 verse 15. The writer Paul says this, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. See, Christ came into the world, that's Christmas, the birth of Jesus, to save sinners, that's Easter. These significant events that we celebrate every single year go together. I was about five years old when this happened. I was on holiday, and my cousin was visiting. I was on holiday. It was school holidays, and we were at home, and uh, we found a chameleon in the garden. And that very quickly escalated to us deciding that our spare bedroom in the house needed to become a zoo. And so we went about trying to find as many things as we could to put into that spare room to become our zoo that we were going to run and manage for the holidays. Now, I went into the kitchen, I got a Tupperware, and I was hunting down a spider. And I was uh, stalking the spider, I was creeping up behind it, as I thought, and I had the Tupperware, and I pounced and dived onto the spider, and I got it, except I dived onto the top of it, and that was on a stormwater drain, which I fell into. And uh, by God's grace, some miraculous events, spinning down with the lid, I landed on top of it, and the water wasn't too deep. And I was stuck in a stormwater drain as a five-year-old. My cousin was seven. He could not reach me. Our helper at the time could not reach me. And for a significant period of time, I was stuck uh, hanging out in the stormwater drain. And eventually, when my folks managed to get home, my dad managed to rig a contraption to get my cousin to get lowered down to kind of strap me up. And all three adults pulled me up out of the storm water drain. Crazy story, right? But this is exactly what, for me, represents what we're celebrating today is I have no hope to get out of the mess that I find myself in as a human being because of my sin. I have no way to deal with the trouble that I find myself in. There was no hope that for me to get up out of the stormwater drain that I was trapped in. 
Somebody had to come down into where I was and pull me out of the mess that I was in. The ladders, spoke about that last week. No matter what I do, I can't get up. Jesus comes down. Love comes down to save us because we are utterly incapable of saving ourselves. This is what we are celebrating. And the birth of Jesus makes the death of Jesus possible. You know, in the Gospels, they make a big deal about this. Yes, every single one has the birth story, the origin story of God becoming a man and dwelling amongst us. But the bulk of the time, it is spent on the buildup to the cross and everything around his physical death, resurrection, and ascension. And this is so important for us because, again, and I've mentioned this, Christmas makes Easter possible. You see, without Jesus, and let me say it like this, if Jesus wasn't God made man, we remain in our sins. If Jesus wasn't God made man, we remain in our sins. Because for so many of us, we do Christmas. And let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with the tree up in your house, the beautiful decorations, the carols, the mince pies, whatever you're cooking tomorrow, the Christmas crackers, the presents, the stockings, that's okay. Spending way too much money on stuff we don't really need. It's not so much okay, but we do it anyway. But that's just the beginning. Just doing Christmas is not the end. This idea that we look forward to this time of the year when we can get all festive and enjoy the, the snacks and eats that we reserve for this time of the year and the special decorations that only come out of this year. And then we do Christmas Eve and we do Christmas Day and we struggle on Boxing Day to do anything because we overate. And then, ah, then we begin packing everything away. Ah, Christmas is done. If that's our mindset, we've missed the point completely. In fact, we've missed the whole point of what today's about. See, we love baby Jesus. Love baby Jesus. Think about, you know, those, those soft little hands fashioned by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb. But they were made so that nails could be driven through them. And think about those baby feet, pink, unable to walk. Would someday carry a cross up a dusty hill. We would be nailed to a cross. Think of that sweet little infant's head, beautiful sparkling eyes, would have a crown of thorns pressed down into it. Think of that tender baby, warm, wrapped in the manger that would have a spear rip open his side as he died in our place for our sins. Yes, it's totally appropriate to celebrate Christmas. It is totally appropriate to do what we're doing, but the mistake we'd be making is leaving the baby in the manger and not seeing that this was just the first step in God's glorious plan towards salvation. This is just the beginning 
where he was entering into the world, where it would end with him triumphing on the cross in our place for our sins and victoriously walking out of the grave in victory over death, sin, and shame, our glorious Savior. Jesus knew when he was being born, he was going to die. And he knew how he was going to die. And he did this willingly. I don't want to throw a wet blanket onto your Christmas celebrations. No, that's not the point. If anything, this is just a marvelous truth for us to grab hold of that without the birth, there is no salvation. This makes everything in the New Testament true. We have every reason to celebrate and worship Jesus because this is the beginning of the end, which is our salvation, our restoration into God's family, being adopted as sons and daughters, being brought into the kingdom of God and having him as our eternal father and savior. This is what we celebrate. This is what the birth of Jesus means. God entering into our reality to identify with us, to be with us, and we get to celebrate all that God reveals to us. Without the whole story, it doesn't mean anything. And again, I want to remind us, if we don't focus on the whole story and all that is Jesus, and we just focus on the songs, the food, the presents, and the holiday we miss, the most significant thing that happened in history. God came down to rescue us. He stepped into our mess, lived the perfect life so that we could be restored back to the Father and know the forgiveness of our sins. Without this event, that's not possible. This humble birth leading to the most significant event in all of history. God dealing with our sins and triumphing over them in victory. Jesus, we give you all the glory. You, Jesus, born as a baby in your births, then we celebrate that as all of creation did 2,000 years ago. As the heavenly host burst forth in song, we understand why. Because that was just the beginning of the greatest story, which is your salvation, our restoration, and eternal life with you, God. And we give you the glory. We worship you. And what a joy that we get to do that right now. Amen.